The message will be on the screen. The passage will be on the screen. And we're going to look at verses 1 to 18. But before we get there, did you ever have to adjust to something new? Of course you have. I have, as you might have guessed. I'm now here in the North Country. Uh, the North Country, I didn't grow up in the North Country, of course, but I find myself here in the North Country now, and I'm thankful for that. But I was going to read you a list here of what I'm going to call, you know you're in the North, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Just a few examples, a few things that I've gleaned from being here. You know you're in the North when your church announces a boot sale every week. <laughs> that did not happen in Pennsylvania. You know you're in the north when signs for moose crossing outnumber the signs for pedestrian crossing. You know you're in the north when you have to go south to see the northern lights. I noticed that there are parts of lower Michigan, but... Uh, I have to go lower to see them, which is interesting. Number four, you know you're in the north when Halloween is considered the first day of winter. <laughs> Although not this year, right? We've had some warm weather. We're thankful for it. You know you're in the north when Canada is closer than the nearest shopping mall. <laughs> you know you're in the north when getting fuzzy socks for your wife is the same as getting her a dozen roses. And you know you're in the north when your used car salesman tells you he will throw in a butchered pig or two if you buy a car from him. And that pretty much happened this past week. My family and I are looking for a second vehicle, and the man actually told me he could sweeten the pot with some pig. You know you're in the north. I didn't take him up on his offer yet, but it's tempting. Brand new and the same old is our message today from John 10. If you have your Bibles, join me in John 10. We're going to read the first 18 verses, and we're going to reflect on the Good Shepherd today. Listen to the Word of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Amen. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. 
And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, that they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Amen. Amen. Grab a drink here quick. I'm fighting a cold. I'm sorry about that. If you hear me cough, do not be alarmed. But today represents a day of new beginnings, does it not? I hope you're as excited as we are for this new transition. We are very excited. Our family has been excited for many weeks leading up to this day. But as we'll be reminded from Jesus today, this is also a day where everything should stay the same, the way it's always been from the beginning. Is it possible that everything can be brand new and the same old at the same time? That's our goal today, to understand that it can and then it must. Now, I don't know how you feel about change, and I don't mean the money, although that's annoying too. But change can make us feel uncomfortable, can it not? Anyone struggle with change? Anyone honest enough to slip their hand up and say, I don't really like change? Basically everybody, okay. Now, my mom will often remind me as a young boy, I did not like change, okay? When the season would change from winter to summer, I had a hard time letting go of my jeans and long sleeve shirts. When summer would turn into winter, just as it is, is now, I didn't want to let go of my shorts. I had to be forced to let my shorts go. And it's because I don't like change. I still don't. Ask my wife. I will eat the same meal at every restaurant we go to. Because if I change, it's risky, right? It might not be as good as the meal that I enjoyed last time. So change seems risky. But why do we hate change? We grow accustomed to the way things are, and it gives us peace to know that things will remain the same way they've been tomorrow as they were yesterday and today. But this is not a message about change today. Although some gradual change will come to Crossroads Church eventually, and we'll all embrace it together when it does, this message today is not about change. On the contrary, it's a message of stability and consistency. It's a message to help us keep our footing as we enter a new season, a new chapter. That although minor change will come and is come, the major things will stay exactly the way they are from the beginning. Now, my wife enjoys changing her hairstyles from time to time. Any ladies like to do that? Men? I gave that up a while ago. This is what you get for the permanent future. My wife also likes changing the color of her hair. Anyone else like doing that? As her husband, I support those changes. If she wants to change her hair, I'm okay with that, as long as she doesn't change it to my look. That's my look. Don't steal my look. I support those changes with my wife, but I'm going to be honest with you. I generally want my wife to stay the same. I love what I married in the summer of 2009, and I want most of those things that I married to stay the same for the rest of our marriage because I love my wife the way she was. People need consistency, don't we? We need to know that the important things of life will remain just as they were and that the foundations will remain stable. Now, Crossroads Church, as we just experienced, has a brand new pastor and shepherd. You may like that change. You may hate that change. 
You may be reserving your opinion until you find out what this new Yahoo pastor has in store for us all. And that's okay too. But again, that's not the point of the text today. Here's the point of the message today, okay? That even though you're getting a new shepherd, lowercase, the good shepherd, uppercase, is here to stay. Listen to him again. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door by the, excuse me, enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now Jesus was the master at using illustrations and metaphors. And I appreciate that as a speaker. I like to use illustrations and metaphors. But Jesus was the master at it. And today, here in this passage, he's using a metaphor of sheep, of a sheepfold, and of a shepherd. And in order to understand the message today, we have to understand the metaphor. Now, most of us are not owners of sheep. Does anyone ever owned a sheep before? We, we have one. Okay, you've owned a sheep before. I have a little story to share. This just is a brand new story. My sister, who is a missionary in Berlin, Germany, who will eventually make her way here, you'll see her around Christmas time, decided that she wanted to do a live nativity for their church. <laughs> Which I don't know exactly how far she'll take that, but she needed to get sheep. Actual, real sheep. And she sent me a picture this morning, I wish I had it, I put it on screen, of her with a little tiny sheep and a leash around the sheep. She got the sheep somehow. And uh, that's as far as I've ever heard uh, in my life of someone owning a sheep. My sister right now is in possession of a sheep. But I've never owned a sheep. I've never owned a sheep. But has anyone ever asked you this really weird question? I had this question posed to me one day. I was in a young adult Bible study at a coffee shop, and someone asked me, what is your spirit animal? Has anyone ever heard that? I had never heard that question before in my life. And so I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And usually now when someone asks me that question, I like to mess with them. I will generally make up an animal and say something like a saber-toothed llama. <laughs> and just see how they, how they handle that. But my question for you today is not what your spirit animal is, but what animal do you think would represent your nature the best? Think about it. Don't answer out loud, but... Think about what animal do you think would represent your nature the best? What animal would you choose if you could choose any? Now, when I was a child, I'm going to be a little <clears throat> transparent with you. When I was a child, people called me Toad. I'm guessing because it was close to Todd and they weren't that clever. Um, but from time to time, people would call me Toad. One year in school, the community was raising money for a kid who had an illness, and his name was Todd Bird. And uh, his picture was up all over our community. His name was Todd Bird. So that year, people called me Todd Bird, or simply the Birdman. But I did not want to be Toad, and I did not want to be the Birdman. But regardless of what animal you think best represents your nature, Jesus tells us, all of us, that we most resemble sheep. Amen. Amen indeed. 
Now, I was speaking to my children about this passage before today, and I had decided to ask them what sheep are best known for. And I was expecting something to say, I was expecting one of them to say wool, or Mary had a little lamb, or a Christmas nativity. My oldest son piped up and said, they are known for being dumb. I don't know where he heard that, but he's not wrong, is he? Sheep are not very bright animals. And so we laughed for a bit on that, and I thought that was interesting. But let's be honest. Who wants to be considered sheep-like? That's not generally a compliment if someone says you're like a sheep. I can, fa- I can think of 15 animals on the top of my head that I think I'd rather be compared to than a sheep. But no, Jesus tells us today that we are all like sheep. In fact, it comes verbatim out of Scripture. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, Jesus says, the prophet says, excuse me, all we like sheep have gone astray. Have we not? And although sheep are dumb animals, I do not think that's the only comparison we're supposed to glean from this passage. Sheep are also dependent animals, are they not? Sheep represent innocence and vulnerability. Without a shepherd, sheep may not live very long at all. This world that we live in is vicious, is it not? It's cold. It's cruel. Sheep are not in a great position to succeed in this world <coughs> Excuse me, without a good shepherd. And Jesus says that his people are sheep. And the sheep are in a very vulnerable position. They're in a very cruel, dark, cold, cruel land. We are the sheep of God. In the metaphor, when he says sheep, you should think of yourself and those around you here. But what does the sheepfold represent? He says the word sheepfold. Well, I think the best answer to that question is the church. Thank you. I would say today we are gathered in the sheepfold right now. We are sheep and we are gathered this very day in a sheepfold. Now, this metaphor does not sound tremendously honorable, does it? In fact, it sounds a little offensive for someone to call us a sheep and today we're we're gathered here in the sheepfold. But in all honesty, I believe Jesus is pulling back the curtain today on his love. I really do. He's letting us peek at his tremendous love for us, and he's going to do that by telling us that we're sheep and that he's the good shepherd. If we pay attention to his words today, I believe we're going to leave here encouraged, inspired, and strengthened to live in this cold and dark world with better strength, with better energy, Now, the sheepfold is the church, of course. The church is where people gather to receive their spiritual sustenance. And I hope that's one reason you're here today. You want to be sustained. You want to be strengthened. You want to be edified. You want to be fed spiritually. And I believe that's what the Lord is going to do for us today. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Much like sheepfolds, churches have doors, do they not? Now, you could think of a literal door. I don't think that would be wrong, but I think Jesus is simply telling us there's a proper way to enter the confines of the church, and there's an improper way to come into the church. That's what he means by the door. The door is the proper way to enter into the church because there's also an improper way to enter the church. Did you know that? People 
And even leaders, unfortunately, can climb into the confines of the church through an improper way. Another way than the obvious one that Jesus has designed for us. Jesus says there is a door to the sheepfold. Now, we've all heard this phrase, I believe we have. I think we're familiar with this phrase, a wolf in sheep's clothing. You guys have ever heard that before? Did you know that comes directly out of Scripture from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7? Jesus says these words to us. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus warns us many times that those who seek to enter the church through improper channels and improper motives, he warns us that that will happen. There will be some who come into the church through an improper way. They will appear to be sheep. They will sit amongst us. They will eat amongst us. They will listen to the sermon. But they'll actually be wolves. And their intentions will not be pure. And here Jesus tells us that these wolves will get into the church without coming through the door. The proper way Jesus designed for all of us to enter through. And when they come, they will appear to be our brothers and sisters, but they will have the evilest of intentions. They will seek to scatter us, or worse. Now yes, we can tell who these people are by the fruits that come out of their lives, but did you know that these wolves can sometimes be amongst us for months and even years, lying in wait to do evil, without being detected? It makes it very important for all of us, myself included, to come through the door. The door of the sheepfold. Now we mentioned at Crossroads Church that we've experienced a change in leadership. We just experienced that together. I am your new pastor and your new shepherd. And the words pastor and shepherd are synonymous in scripture. They're the same word. Pastor means shepherd and shepherd means pastor. And I want you to have peace to know that I've come into Crossroads Church as your new pastor through the proper channels and the proper door. I want you to have that peace. I think that's a gift to you. I did so with the Lord's blessing. I did so with, with your blessing today. And I did, that, I did so with the help of your leadership team. And in fact, I want to pause now. And I actually want to boast in your Pastor Mark and in your pastoral search team. I do. Because the Lord gave you amazing people an amazing team to find your next pastor. I was able to see them act very properly and carefully in the search for your next pastor. They asked good, tough questions. They bathed the process in prayer. I don't know if you can see that picture up there on the white part where the binder is open. This is their binder they put together of the pastoral search process, which I was able to take a look at, and it blew my mind of how careful and prayerful it was but right there in the middle if you could see that picture it says prayer throughout every step do you see that i did not put that there that was created by your pastoral search team they looked for the right qualities in the next pastor that should lead crossroads church and they made sure as much as it depended upon them that they brought in the proper pastor to shepherd crossroads church the proper way and i want to thank you for that pastoral search team Therefore, I want you to have peace because I think it's a gift to you. I want you to have peace that although I am not a perfect man, of course, I have come through the door that the Lord has opened for me to come in. And because of your leadership team, no one was going to be able to sneak into Crossroads Church as your pastor 
very easily at all. Pastor Mark and the search committee are deserving of your great honor for that process and labor of love, and I want to personally thank them for it. Thank you, Pastoral Search Committee, for your labor of love. You honor the Lord, and I thank you for it. But you see, we need to go deeper with this passage. Much deeper. Because although you have a new shepherd, thankfully you also have a good shepherd. There is someone brand new who is about to lead you, and there is someone ancient and familiar to you that has no intentions of leaving his role as your primary leader. And no, I'm not talking about Pastor Mark. That would not be an honor, would it? Pastor Mark has graciously stepped down from his post at Crossroads Church so that you can find your next long-term pastor. But there is a shepherd above us both that is in charge of all of us. One who will never step down as our shepherd. And of course, we're speaking of who? Jesus, the Christ. Jesus is our good shepherd. Jesus is your good shepherd. Jesus is my good shepherd. I am not the primary pastor of Crossroads Church, thankfully. Jesus is. He's my pastor. Did you know I have a pastor? Jesus is my pastor. He's your pastor. And even though some things might change and be brand new down the road, the main thing will remain the same as it always was and always has been. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Not I was and not I will be. I am. I always was. I always will be. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now if you look back on this wall here, it's staring right at me in the face, which is a very good thing right now. It says, come and follow me. That comes right out of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to know today that he is watching out over all of us. If you have been a Christian for any length of time, then I know you believe that to be true. Jesus is the true shepherd of the church, not Pastor Todd and not Pastor Mark. We are all under the good shepherd's authority. And I think we should be thankful for that truth. Because of this word, good. That's a very important word. A very important word, that he is not only the shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Now, both Pastor Mark and I have the best intentions for Crossroads Church. You just heard my intentions right before I got up and spoke. But Jesus is the one who has taught us that there is only one who is good. Only one deserving of that ter ter title and term. And that is God himself. Pastor Mark has made mistakes and Pastor Todd will make mistakes. But Pastor Jesus has never made a mistake and he never will. That brings me a tremendous level of comfort and peace to know that Jesus is the one watching over us all. The boat may sway from time to time, but we are anchored to Jesus and therefore we are anchored to God. And therefore our boat is secure as long as we follow him. Do you know Jesus' voice? Do you know what it sounds like? Have you learned how he speaks? 
Because even though Pastor Todd will be your primary preacher going forward, I need to echo the words of the Good Shepherd. Because the church does not belong to me. It belongs to him. And if you know his voice, then you will recognize his voice when I speak to you. And if your pastor speaks to you the words of Jesus, then you are truly in a good and safe place. You are in the sheepfold of the good shepherd. You are right where you belong, near the one who loves you. Verse 7, so Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not, not of this fold. I must bring them in also, that they may listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus tells us today that he alone is the good shepherd. But he is also the door to the sheepfold. When we enter the church through faith in Jesus, we are truly his sheep. And when we enter the church any other way than through Jesus, we are susceptible to all sorts of dangers because we do not yet have the good shepherd watching over us. And I want you to trust God's word today. You need the good shepherd. There are no shortcuts. There are no rivals or knockoffs. You don't just need the church and the sheepfold. You need the good shepherd. See, the problem with coming into church or religion or Christianity without coming through Jesus is that whatever the shepherd, whatever shepherd you then have is a hired hand if you don't have the good shepherd. Now, technically, all ministers have a position of watching over the sheep. But as soon as danger comes in, what does the hired hand do? Jesus tells us. They abandon the sheep. They're not there for the sheep. They're there for themselves. And if you are in the sheepfold and you don't have the good shepherd, the hired hand is not going to be enough, is he? Unless we all of us come into the church and Christianity through the door, through Jesus himself, then we do not have the good shepherd. And without the good shepherd, the wolves can get to us whenever they want to. We need divine protection. Protection that can only be described as divine. It's from heaven. It's from God. Now the nice thing about having a pastor like Pastor Mark or myself is that you have someone commissioned by Jesus to watch over your souls in a very direct and tangible way. And you should be thankful for your earthly pastors because they're a tremendous gift from God. And I know that you already are and I see that and I sense that. Ever since we've stepped foot on here, you, you, you guys have shown us tremendous love to my family, and I've seen the love you've shown to Mark and Cynthia as well. Thank you for loving your earthly pastors. Seriously. 
But the problem with earthly pastors, however, is we cannot watch over your souls 24-7. And you know why that is? Sometimes I'm asleep. There's only one person that can watch over your souls 24-7 without break. That is the good shepherd. That is Jesus. We need not just earthly shepherds. That's not good enough. We need the good shepherd himself and a very direct access to him. Now, the good shepherd's intentions for us are absolutely pure and righteous. He desires only the very best for us now and forever. And for those who have religion without Jesus, have nothing but cosmetics. That's all they have. Once true danger comes to the sheep, we need the good shepherd to protect us. Otherwise, we can be devoured. Religion is not enough. And thankfully, here at Crossroads Church, we stand upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We unashamedly teach that no one can become a child of God or be a part of the church without faith in Jesus. No one can enter through the door of the sheepfold without going through the proper door. And make no mistake about it, without Jesus, there is no religion. There is no Christianity. There is no salvation. There is no hope and there is no eternal life. We come through the good shepherd or we have nothing. And unlike improper shepherds, unlike improper shepherds, and there are many today, those who seek fame and glory and to line their own pocketbooks, the good shepherd and those he commissions are here for the well-being of the sheep. In verse 10 it says, The thief comes in only to kill, to kill and steal and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Did you know have you ever thought about this? That Jesus wants your eternal joy. If you rewind all the way back to the beginning of the book of Genesis, the first attack the devil ever used was to convince Adam and Eve that somehow God was stealing joy from them. How could you not eat of this one fruit? God must not love you. He must be stealing your joy. Oh, it's a lie. Make no mistake about it. Jesus wants your abundant life for the rest of eternity. The good shepherd not only desires our abundant life on this earth, but he wants it forevermore. You see, the treasures of this earth are too poor. They're too insignificant. They're too temporal for the sheep of God. Jesus wants his people to have eternal, glorious, unfading, lasting treasures in heaven for the rest of eternity. And unlike so many so-called shepherds today who are seeking their own well-being, Jesus is seeking the well-being of a sheep at the greatest cost imaginable. Jesus is concerned for your joy and for your well-being. And how do we know this to be true? When the sheep, like Isaiah 53 says, all of us had gone astray, we were destined for condemnation because of our sinful choices and wanderings. What did the good shepherd do? Amen. He laid down his staff. He picked up his cross. And he laid down his life. He was ready and willing to pay the ultimate cost to protect his sheep and give them the abundant life he always intended them to have. But this abundant life for us meant the ultimate sacrifice of the good shepherd. 
That sacrifice is how we know that he is the good shepherd. Do you believe only Jesus is good? Is there any other shepherd that you can turn to for your salvation, for your eternal abundant life, for forgiveness of all the transgressions that you've committed? Are you willing to listen to and obey whatever the good shepherd tells you? He came to this earth for the specific purpose of dying for you, his cherished sheep. Do you see how it changes perspective? At the beginning, it was not very flattering to be called a sheep, and now I'm starting to think otherwise. Boy, what a compliment to be considered a sheep of the Good Shepherd. Now, Pastor Mark and I love you people, but we have limitations to that love. I would take a bullet for those I love, I believe. But my love has limitations. I cannot and will not drink down anyone's condemnation. Only Jesus can. And only Jesus did. On the cross, Jesus drank down every sip of hell that was reserved for you and for me. And he did this because he is not only a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He would rather us receive eternal life than for him to keep his own life. Do you see the love of Jesus? There are many amazing stories written by man, but there's never been a story written like this one. The sheep were condemned to eternal death because they willingly rebelled from the shepherd's sheepfold and from the shepherd's will. But instead of casting the sheep away for being worthless creatures, the good shepherd had a different plan. He decided he would die for his sheep in their place so that they would have eternal life. What story can compare to that story? The sheep, by nature, are evil. The good shepherd dies for the evil sheep because he's their creator and he loves them with an endless love and that is what we call amazing grace. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know him? We began this message by comparing us to sheep. That doesn't sound very good. But I want you to leave today with two take-home values that I believe will change your perspective on whether it's good or not to be a sheep of the good shepherd. Two take-home values, okay? Number one, being a sheep means you have access to eternal life. The good shepherd laid aside his glory in heaven to come to this earth to die for you and insert your name there. If you want the abundant eternal life that Jesus offers, all you must do is come into the sheepfold by the door. You must recognize your need for the good shepherd. You must turn away from your sins and turn unto Jesus by faith. And the moment you do that, you are a child of God and an heir of eternal, abundant life. There is no other door but Jesus. And being a sheep of the good shepherd means you have 24-7 access to his love and protection. And I know if you're like me, you need that love. You need that access. You need that protection. Have you come in through the door? Do you have faith in Jesus? He is the good shepherd. He is the only good shepherd. And being a sheep means you have access to eternal life. But there's another one. 
And this is how we'll end today. Is there any greater honor than being a sheep of the good shepherd? I mean, really, if you think about it for a moment, can you think of any purpose greater than that? Any resume, anything you could put on your resume that would say anything better than I'm a sheep of the good shepherd, our job as sheep is a very simple one. We get to boast in the goodness and beauty of the good shepherd. That's our job on this earth, to tell this world how amazing, how great, how beautiful our good shepherd is. How much he loves us and how much he loves them. Now, when I was on the Pennsylvania interstate one day, I was driving. It was one of those days where hardly anyone was on the road. It was the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And I was coming home from work. And it's one of those days where the sun was out really bright and brilliant. And I was seeing almost everything you could see because it was such a clear, perfect day. And I was driving on the road. And I noticed on the road, in front of me, about a mile down the road, was something really bright and shining brilliantly on the road. And I had no idea what I was looking at. I had seen bright things in the sky, of course, but I'd never seen something so bright on the road, and I couldn't make any sense out of what it was. And I was transfixed on this thing on the road. I couldn't figure out what, what was I looking at. And I couldn't wait to get close to take a really close view at this brilliant, shining thing on the side of the road. So as I drove about a mile down the road, I just kept looking at it. And I couldn't wait to see what it was. And as I got close... I was expecting some brilliant piece of jewelry or a really powerful flashlight. I got close and I looked down. Do you know what it was? Does anyone have a guess? What was it? A puddle? That's a good question. It was a reflector sticker. And as I drove by, I looked down at the reflector sticker. I was a little underwhelmed and a little disappointed, if I'm honest. I was expecting it to be something brilliant. Something amazing, something I would just grab and, and bring home and show it to my family. It was a reflector sticker. And as I drove, I kept going by because there was no reason to stop for a reflector sticker. I looked back in my rearview mirror and I saw it glowing again. And that's when it dawned on me. That's me. And that's you. On my own, if someone looks at me close, up close, I won't be anything special. But on certain days and certain times in my life, if you're looking at my life, I will glow brilliantly. And do you know why that is? Because I will be in the perfect position to be reflecting the beauty and the glory of my good shepherd, Jesus. Now, there's a story from Scripture that represents this truth. It's from Luke chapter 10. You guys have probably heard this before. There were two sisters, Mary and Martha. And in this passage, they're going to have Jesus over for dinner. In Matthew 10, it says on verse, thir verse 38, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, you can't fault Martha completely, at least from the beginning. Martha's thoughts were about serving the Lord Jesus. But while she's scurrying about, 
getting the food and the table and the house in order for Jesus, her sister Mary is content with one thing, positioning herself at the feet of Jesus because she considered it an honor to be a sheep of the good shepherd. She was content being a reflector sticker that showed the beauty and goodness of her Lord. And although Martha wasn't entirely wrong, Mary was more right. Mary realized, I need him, not the other way around. Are you a child of God? Have you entered the sheepfold by the only door that exists? Have you come to Jesus to receive forgiveness and salvation from your sins? Have you found that eternal abundant life that he came to offer you at the cost of his own blood? If not, today is the day of your salvation, not tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. Today is the day you enter through the door into the sheepfold by the only door that exists so that you may find salvation, forgiveness, and the abundant eternal life that he came to offer you. And do you consider it a privilege to be a sheep of the good shepherd? Will you, like that reflector sticker in that story, find your singular purpose in reflecting the beauty and goodness of the good shepherd to this world? Because let's be honest, this world desperately needs light, do they not? And we have an abundance of it to show them. And I want to encourage you to go out to Littleton and Whitefield and Bethlehem and Dalton and Lancaster and the 15 towns I forgot. Because <laughs> I'm new here. And I want you to shine. And the way that you do that is you park yourself right next to the Good Shepherd. Wherever he is, that's where you go. Whatever he says, that's what you do. See, Crossroads Church is encountering a change, but the main thing remains the same from now until forever. Jesus is the good shepherd. And I trust that you believe it's a privilege to serve him, to love him, and to reflect his beauty to this increasingly dark world. If you need the good shepherd today, please don't wait another day. Come speak to me. That's why we're here. Or better yet, did you know you can go directly to him? Confess your sins. Confess your need for him. Confess that you want to be a sheep of the sheepfold. Confess that you need his eternal, abundant life. And the moment you do that, the good shepherd will not tease you. He will open the door for you. Amen. And he will say, child or sheep, come in. Come in, let me be your good shepherd. Is it a privilege to reflect the beauty of Jesus? And if it is, and I believe that it is, let's go out there and show the, show the North Country how beautiful and magnificent our Lord, our good shepherd, really is. Would you bow in prayer? Father, we are so grateful for this message. Father, it's an exciting day and we recognize that, but Father, it's, it should always be an exciting day because we're in the presence of our Lord. We don't come here, Father, because it's duty or habit or we shouldn't. We come here because it's a privilege to be with your people in your sheepfold, in your presence. Father, help us to value our purpose as sheep, to realize that we have access to the, sheep, the sheepfold, we have access to the good shepherd, we have access to abundant eternal life, and we have the purpose of all purposes 
to reflect the beauty and value of Jesus to this world. Help us to change our perspective on what we want in this life and be content with one thing like Mary was, to be near the Good Shepherd. Father, I pray for the souls in this room that I barely know and will get to know, that if you're doing a work in the soul, Father, that you would reveal that to them and reveal their need for the Good Shepherd or perhaps a rekindling of that love that today, November 13th, would be a day they would never forget because that is the day they set their eyes upon the Good Shepherd. Thank you for what you're doing here at Crossroads Church. We give you all credit and glory. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.